Good morning. Come on in. Find a seat. We're going to start in here pretty quick. Super happy that y'all are here to worship the Lord with us today. Um, it is very Christmassy up in here, and I'm super excited about that because who doesn't love Christmas, right? Um, one quick announcement before we get started. Uh, December the 16th is opening weekend for the brand new Star Wars movie. And we as a church have bought 72 tickets to go see this awesome movie. Um, if you guys want to come see it with us, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out at the Welcome Center. Um, like I said, we only have 72 tickets available, and I've sold about 33 already, so just a shade under half. Um, if you want to get tickets, come get tickets. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do a costume contest right beforehand. We're going to do trivia right beforehand. There's going to be a discount on snacks. Um, so you can have all of that stuff. And 10 bucks a ticket. Please make sure that I get your money with that. 
I'm, I'm sensing some kind of a disturbance in the force right now. <laughs> you strike me down, I'll become more powerful. <laughs> okay. Nothing says Merry Christmas like Darth Vader, right? <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for deciding to join us this morning for worship. I hope that now you're especially prepared now that uh, Darth Vader has invaded us. Um, it's, it's, it is going to be fun. So if, if you were considering going to see the movie opening weekend, we've rented out the theater uh, for that Saturday matinee showing, and we just want to have a good time together as, as a church family and as an extended church family. So if you're interested in joining us for that, we're going to have a great party. Make sure you get the tickets signed up for, for you and your family. We've already sold half of them, so you don't want to delay too much on that. Um, we have a special group of people here with us today, Dana's Dance the company uh, dancers have come to join us, and they're going to do uh, a couple of numbers for us during our worship service, and especially right now, they're going to kick us off and kind of get us into Advent mode. So will you welcome them?
now I feel like worshiping, don't you? Amen. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful. Would you stand with us? We want to greet one another. I just invite you to shake a few hands, welcome one another into worship, and let's join together in celebration.
This week's reading for Advent is titled, The Expecting. Man was created to walk with God. His desire was that we would have an intimate relationship with him. Yet we walked away from him and his light into darkness. He inverted in our history many times trying to show us the way. Yet our hearts were stained and our hands were dirty with sin. He knew we needed a savior. He knew we needed deliverance. And, a lo and long before Christ was born, he spoke to us about it. Hear what the Lord of God of Israel said. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. A voice of one crying in the darkness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all my mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arms rule for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear much fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he has sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy with justice and give decisions for the poor of the earth. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, and they will neither harm nor destroy all of my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge and the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom for the captives, and release from the darkness for the prisoners. He has sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, and to, bribe, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on, and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
friend, your only child, your only son, to be persecuted and tortured on our behalf, Jesus. That is what this season is all about, Jesus. We worship you.
worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy see
Jesus, we honor you today. You are worthy of our praise. As we begin to honor and celebrate what you accomplished even through Advent, through the Christmas season, you crammed yourself into flesh and you dwelt among us. You are worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and praise forever and ever. And today we join in with all of heaven and even all of earth that's crying out to you in praise and adoration. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for what you have done for us. We are your people. This is your space. We make the choice right now to park ourselves in your presence, opening up our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you want to say, whatever it is that you want to accomplish in us, through us. We relax and we relent in your presence today. We rest. We find a resting place in you. And it's in Christ's mighty and powerful name we all prayed and everybody said, Amen. As you're being seated, I'd like to invite our ushers to... Come and join us up front as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings. And just so you know, as we're doing that, we're going to be blessed by another dance number from, from one of the ladies in Dana's dance troupe. Will you pray with me, though? Lord, thank you for being our provider We thank you for the provision that has come, and we thank you for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church across the globe with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen.
invite you to the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 1, right at verse 1. Gospel of John, chapter 1, right at verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Wow, let's just pause there for a moment. Think about this. John starts out his gospel really quite differently than the others. The others have some sort of element, for the most part, that has to do with Christ's birth. But John backs up from that. We need to understand, John writes this one last, okay? So so the other letters to the church, or the other gospels as we've come to know them, have, have already been submitted to the church and, and have already been getting circulated. John backs up from, from, from their beginnings. And he says, it's really important for us to know right, right from the start that the Word is God and the Word was with God all the way from the beginning. Remind us of our, of our timeline that we looked at a little bit last week. The beginning of time, the end of time that has not arrived yet. And here we are somewhere getting closer and closer. Just in case you're wondering, we're a week closer to the end than we were last week. 
I know it's really profound, but it's true, right? We're a week closer, so we're just, you know, we're just a little bit closer than we were last Sunday. John tells us, in the beginning was the word. In other words, Jesus didn't begin his existence when Mary became pregnant. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He's making a profound statement about Jesus' deity that needs to be understood right from the get-go. John is like, we need to understand, we are talking about the creating and sustaining God of all the universe. That's who Jesus is. In the beginning was the word. Logos. It's interesting that he uses that description, that phrase to describe Jesus. Because it really reflects going all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. How did creation come into being? God spoke. By his words, things were created. All things were created. Heavens and the earth, light, the sun and the moon and the stars, everything that that we understand exists came by the by the mouth of God himself. And John says, understand that the word was with God and the word was God and all things were created through him. Nothing that has been made did not come from, see, let me make sure I'm saying that correctly. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Now, We've been talking all fall about the system. We walked through the book of Hebrews together and we explored the system. The system that that God himself implemented, that he delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai. The system that, that all of Israel had been functioning inside of for Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, generation after generation after generation. Even that was implemented by the Word. Even that was implemented by Christ. All things that have been made were made by Him, were made through Him. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He himself was outside of the timeline. He himself was Lord over the timeline. He himself was was seeing everything as as it was unfolding from the beginning, but also seeing everything that hadn't happened yet. All this prophecy that that was inserted, even the logos, the word, was overseeing that prior to being inserted himself into Mary. In the beginning was the word. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. It's interesting that, that John begins to speak to light. 
drawing, drawing the reader right back to the beginning again, right back to creation, paralleling, paralleling the beginning of his, his writing, his letter, his gospel to, to Genesis, backing us all the way up to the beginning of the timeline. In him was light. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We're going to hang on to that because he, he, he kind of puts a, a pause there with that thought, and, and he, he inserts another person into the story. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, just to clarify, to make sure we understand here, there are two different Johns that we're referring to here. The author of this gospel, the gospel of John, is the, is the apostle John, the disciple John. That John, it begins to refer to a different John, the one that we know as John the Baptist. And that's who he was, is referring to here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He, became, he, uh, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Now this is interesting because, again, referring to the system, this thing that had been implemented at the time of Moses that had been in place all the way up and is still functioning when Jesus arrives on the scene. And, and John is, I think, being quite gracious because he's, he's referring to the whole world. And it's correct. He came into the world. Though all the world was, was created through him, the world did not recognize him. That is correct. But we need to... We need to take the microscope and, and kind of hone in a little bit because Jesus came into the world, yes, but he, he came into the world through the system. He dropped himself inside of this system, the one that he created, the one that he implemented, and the one that he was going to fulfill. And yet that system, the people functioning inside of that system, they did not recognize him. At least most of them did not recognize him. You think about how profound and, 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 and really tragic that is. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he supports that thought with the next verse. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He shows up to the world inside of the system. They don't recognize him and they don't receive him. And ultimately they reject him. And they, and they, and they put him on a cross. Now, we really need to be thankful for that. We need to be thankful for the fact that they did not recognize him, they did not receive him, and they ultimately rejected him. I know that sounds crazy, but we really need to be thankful for that. 
Because the fact that they did not receive him and, and fully embrace him as Messiah means that he, they really allowed him to go to the cross. And without the cross, we do not have salvation today. His death was absolutely necessary. And if they saw him, if they had truly seen him for who he was, if they had truly understood and embraced the fact that he is God, the one that they've been worshiping, the one that they've been serving, the one that they've been uh, honoring inside of this system, if they truly had understood and seen him and embraced him for who he was, they would have never sent him there. So yes, it's tragic. It's tragic that he was functioning under the radar. It's tragic that they didn't they didn't recognize him. It's tragic that they didn't receive him, that they ultimately rejected him. But we're thankful. Because the end result is Messiah becomes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He becomes the sacrificial Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not out of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Key word inside of this is, is believe. In fact, John sets the trajectory for his entire gospel right here in the first few verses. You read through the book of John and you find that believing is what he's all about all the way through, start to finish. He's already mentioned the word twice. The whole point of this is that we would come to believe that Jesus is Messiah, that he was God. Crammed into flesh, dwelling among us, inserted himself inside of the system, fulfilled the system, functioned inside of the system to its fullest, and then fulfilled all of it, including becoming the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Born not of natural descent or of human decision or husband's will, but born of God by faith. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He shows up, a gift from God himself. And he empties himself of everything but grace and truth. That immediately think of that old hymn, And Can It Be? Remember that phrase? Emptied himself of all but love. This is what Christ chose to do. The God of all the universe empties himself of his of, of, of all that godness that he held, all that power, all that, 
that infinite aspect to him, and he inserts himself into the timeline. By cramming himself into flesh, he, he inserts himself into the finite, moving from the infinite into the finite, full of grace and truth. And this light becomes the light of men. You know, light, light is really important to the Jewish system. It shows up in just about everything. It shows up in their weekly celebrations. It shows up in all of their festivals. Light. Light shows up in everything. It's it's, it's a critical piece to their, their system. In fact, they fundamentally believe that their system is the light unto the world. That, that everything that they do, everything that they're about, all that, they are, that, that they're, they're doing with their words, with their actions, with their behaviors, with their relationships, with their money, everything that they're doing inside of the system, system functions as light unto the world, which is the darkness. And yet Jesus, John tells us, when he inserts him into this system, that system that should be full of light becomes filled with light by him. See, the, the, what, what I'm trying to say, and this is something that, that I, I think I've realized this week that I hadn't thought of before. Every other time that I've approached this passage, I have, I've always approached it with the assumption that, that it, it's the world that is the darkness and Jesus inserts himself into the world of darkness. Though that is true, as we've been talking through the reality of this system over the last few months, we find that this system that, that should have been full of light, that should have been functioning full of light, truly was full of darkness. What should have been a light into the world had ceased to be that. And when Jesus the light of the world, inserts himself into the system. He inserts himself inside of just as much darkness as what outside of the system looked like. So much so that they didn't receive him. They didn't recognize him. And ultimately rejected him. He came full of grace and truth. How grateful are you for his grace today? Our salvation does not come by our efforts. Our salvation does not come by doing it right. Our salvation doesn't come by even doing it perfectly. Our salvation doesn't come by our own merit or our own accomplishments. We are saved by grace, period. And I don't care how long you've been going to church, how long you've been crossing the T's and dotting the I's, grace draws you into salvation just like the person that might be here for the very first time in their whole lives. 
For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, not by works. So that nobody can boast. You know, those words were written to to a group of people who had come to believe in Jesus from inside of the system, and they struggled because everything that they understood about their system was that by walking it out perfectly, by doing everything they were supposed to do, that was going to equal salvation for them. And suddenly, Messiah inserts himself into that. Real light shows up inside of this thing that should have been full of light, and suddenly they're seeing things from a whole different perspective. And it's radical. It's a radical new reality. Jesus came from the Father, full of grace and truth, revealing true truth. You see, inside of the system, truth had been floating around for generations and generations. But the corrupt aspect of humanity that, that was controlling the system at that time, was they were, they were changing the way the truth should have been communicated. They were, they, were, they were changing the way things should have been said. Making themselves the most important thing as opposed to God. We understand that just, just by the story of Jesus walking into the temple and, and basically pitching a fit. The people that were in charge of the system were running the show that day. When Jesus arrives onto the scene, he goes, he goes into the temple and he turns over the tables and throws the money on the floor and he drives everybody out with the whip. He does that because he says, my house was supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've turned them into a den of thieves. You who are, who are managing the system, who are running the system, you've, you've perverted it. What should be a light unto the world, and, and understand that, in that particular story, that probably happened in the court of the Gentiles, which means that was, the, that was the one place where people from anywhere in the world could come into the temple. That's as far as they could go. That was, that was the place that you and I would be welcomed into. That's the space that we would be welcomed into. We would not be able to go any further. And they had filled that place with robbers, with thieves, with people that were were. were we're robbing people of their money just so that they could, so we Gentiles could have an opportunity to worship. See, that, that was our space. And they had, they had ruined it. They had perverted it. And you know what Jesus does? He, he cleanses it. That's the work of Messiah. Full of grace, yes, but full of truth. Bringing bringing the system back to what it was supposed to be and ultimately fulfilling it. And by fulfilling it, it means that we're not required to function inside of that, that the system is obsolete now. It had its purpose. It had its purpose inside of a particular time, and when Jesus fulfilled it, he said, it is finished. 
he accomplished everything that he had set out to do from the moment when he determined in his mind, I will insert myself, I will move from the infinite into the finite, I will insert myself into the history of humanity and will redeem it. Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. John the Baptist testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. <laughs> John the Baptist had some, he had an understanding. He had an understanding that, that Jesus was God, that, that Jesus had come from the infinite. John was created inside of his mother's womb. But it was an act of natural human decision of a husband's will, just as kind of been declared a few verses earlier. Jesus's was different. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And she conceived. The virgin conceived. John understood, even though even though John shows up on the scene six months earlier than Jesus, even though John was older than Jesus, even though John was, was, was inside of human history six months earlier than Jesus was, John understands, even though, even though I came before him, he was before me. This is the one I was talking about. Out of his fullness, verse 16, out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And John points right to the system. Yes, this came through Moses. Yes, it was a system that was given through Moses, but understand that Jesus himself, all things have, that were created were created through him, for him, and by him. And he, creator of all things, inserted himself, bringing grace and truth, bring, bringing light into a darkened place, even inside of the system that should have been full of light, a system that should have understood light, by the way, inside of this, the system, when, when they lit candles for their Sabbath meals or, or for their, the, the feasts, when, whenever they were bringing light into the equation, it, it was referencing holiness, the holiness of, the, of God, the holy presence of God. And even that powerful picture 
what should have been their normal reality had been dimmed so much by their evil deeds, by their own sin, that when Jesus, the light of the world, inserts himself, his light begins to truly shine, even inside of their space. And even though that was true, sadly, tragically, they did not recognize him, they did not receive him, ultimately rejected him. But God is with us. Emmanuel has come. Messiah has come. And we celebrate him this season. I encourage us, church, to really keep our eyes fixed on him, for he is the author and perfecter of our faith. May your belief in who he is and what he has done truly grow through this season this year. Jesus, we thank you for inserting yourself into our history. Thank you for choosing to move out of the infinite into the finite, cramming yourself into flesh, becoming flesh and dwelling among us. We can't imagine the pain that you endured just emotionally and relationally realizing that the people that should have recognized you, the people that should have received you, the very people that were looking for and anticipating Messiah missed you. They rejected you, ultimately sending you to a cross. I, not just thinking of the physical pain that you endured, but, but the emotional pain that you endured, knowing that that was going to happen, that that's the way it had to happen that your people, your own people, would reject you. But by doing that, you became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And here we are, over 2,000 years later, on the other side of the planet, celebrating you, honoring you, learning more about you. We are knowing you. We are saved by you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for what you have done. We make the choice today to center ourselves on your story throughout this Advent season. Affect us as you infect us with, you, with your presence. And it's in Christ, Christ's mighty name we all pray and everybody said. You stand with me. I want to say a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May he fill you with himself, the Prince of Peace, this month. Have an incredible week. See you next Sunday.
Got to walk on, walk on through temptation, cause he Yeah. 